Hi, this is Bushido Ben, and when I'm not playing black and white Bushido, I'm listening to the Party Chat Podcast. Xbox on. Game on, baby! Wow! Hello and welcome to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast. It's the official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. I am this week's host and I'm joined by our Lord and Savory Snack, Jesus Christ, aka Delicious Cheese. Hello, guy who forgot to introduce himself. I said, I'm your host, Ross, didn't I? No, you said, I'm your host. Ah, well, people, <laughs> 54 episodes in, if people do not people know, know who I am... I'm just taking the piss. How you doing, Ross? Evening. You all right? Um, we, we missed you last week. Yeah, I was better until you started making observations. Sorry. <laughs> right, and also joining us this week, replacing Uncle Jesse, who cannot be with us for some totally rubbish reason. Thanks. It is Bushido Ben. How are we doing, Ben? I'm very good. How are you? Yeah, I'm fantastic. See, Ben's nicer than you, Reese. I've already <laughs> established this. It's not hard. No. Well, anyway, we usually start the podcast with what we've been doing or playing this week. So, Reese, I'm going to start with you. With me? Okay, so I have been playing a whole bunch more Prey. Okay. And? <laughs> and? Oh, well, sorry, I'm not yeah. a mimic. No, no. Are you sure? I'm 100% sure that Let, I'm not a mimic. Uh, turn on your webcam. I need to see the post-it note. I'm not wearing any clothes. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll just take your word for it. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, uh, I explained uh, last week the main enemy in the game are these things called mimics that can take the shape of basically any object in the game, which leads to intense paranoia. And there is a bit of an in-joke uh, running throughout both the game and in Twitter and even in the real world, taking a post-it note and writing, not a mimic, and sticking it on everything that you are sure is not a mimic, but are you really sure? Jess Corbin's got it as his Twitter handle. Yeah, and it's people are like, you know, what if the post-it note is a mimic? It's like, just stop, stop! But anyway, I've been playing Prey. Uh, in fact, I was playing it right up until we started this podcast. Um, I'm hooked. It's great. It's scary. It's atmospheric. The story is awesome, and it's just... Fantastic. Anyone who's even slightly into spooky games, story-driven games, or RPGs that are a little bit different uh, should definitely pick this up. And I also played, uh, I made a little bit of time to play Black and White Bushido. Ooh! How topical! (laughs) How's that? I've never played it. Oh, it's some rubbish game. I mean, the guys who made it, ugh. (laughs) <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Ben here was uh, lovely enough to, to provide us with a, a copy of the game to try out, and uh, I, I gave it a bit of a spin. We're going to probably grill Ben a little bit later in the podcast about the game, so uh, I might give my thoughts on it while we uh, get chatting about that. But uh, I had fun. How about you, Ross? <laughs> um, so this week I have been playing Rocket League <laughs> because they dropped new items, a new arena, and a new crate. So I've been grinding, trying to get a new crate, but that is no surprise to anyone, and I won't bore anyone else with it. I also replayed Rise of the Tomb Raider with my you wife. replayed it? Yeah. Okay. Just 
randomly seen it. I didn't have a digital copy of it, and I, I don't know what happened to my copy, so I seen it for next to nothing and picked it up again um, and played the whole way through it. It's just such a good game. Such and such a good game. I really want them really to make a new one. It's so fun. Yeah, it is so much fun. It's so much fun. And I went back a little bit and started playing Overwatch again. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah, that's so, the one that's the one game that I just I I love it and all my friends are playing it. I'm just so bad at it. I just can't get into it. I can't get into the flow. Well like are you bad at it though? Is it not impossible to be bad at Overwatch if you're just playing it casually? Are you going straight into like competitive or? Well, maybe. I mean, the people that I play it, that play it in the office are, 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 are good at it. And I just, I just couldn't catch up. I just, something about it just felt, I, I like it. I think it's a really good game. I just, just was rubbish at it. I've got it sat on my shelf, basically used it about four times and then, yeah. Should take it in CX and get something else. <laughs> Other trade-in shops are available. I'm, I'm like, no one cares. Uh, but like, yeah, I can understand that. See, I've never got into the competitive side of it. I literally don't play in a team. I jump on, I play some quick matches, and I log off, and I have fun with it. Mm. But I'll tell you what's quite funny this week was I told the, my kid about the fact it was essentially the sequel to Team Fortress. Right. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he is now obsessed. <laughs> oh, he likes Team Fortress? Oh, he loves Team Fortress. He's got the orange box, uh, backwards compatible on his Xbox One, and that's pretty much all he plays apart from Roblox and Minecraft. So, yeah. Amazing. But uh, I did also give a shot to some game called Black and White Bushido. <laughs> um, we'll talk seems about that like later. A, yeah, it seems like a popular sort of game. Everyone's playing it this week. Yeah, all, all the cool kids. We saved the best for last. Ben, what have you been playing this week? Uh, I've been playing Little Nightmares, something I was waiting for for a Ooh. long time, and uh, sat down and promised myself I'd do it in hour chunks to save it, and just did it all in one go. <laughs> well, you did. I, I started playing that two weeks ago, and I put it on pause to finish Prey. Uh, but uh, I'm really looking forward to getting back into it. How, how did you find it? So I would say that weirdly, so I played the demo at Gamescom and uh, also at EGX, and uh, it's quite different from the game. They sort of messed around how it goes, and weirdly, the first section of the game is by far, for me, the weakest, and actually quite unconnected with the rest of the game. And as I was going through that bit, I was playing it with a couple of mates, and uh, as I went, we went through that bit, we were all a bit like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. And then after you get through that section, it just gets absolutely brilliant. So it's weird. It's almost like maybe that was made, that first kind of quarter was made as a proof of concept and then they kept it in or something. I'm not quite sure what happened because it feels very disconnected, but the last three quarters are absolutely fantastic. I've That's not great that to hear. Before, actually, like, no, when you started playing it, did you feel? No, I was, I was in, enraptured from start to finish. I, I, I was having a blast just enjoying the, the atmosphere. I, I, I mean, it wasn't exactly a, a gameplay tour de force, but uh, the first hour and a half or so, I, I was really enjoying it. Demo, Reese. Sorry? Had you played the demo previously? Man, I, I, uh, I was at Gamescom last year, and the line for that yeah. game was was just insurmountable. So, yeah. no, I, I didn't play it, I, although they had a really cool booth, didn't they? The booth they, was amazing. They, yeah, it was done out like a kitchen, wasn't it? And it was yeah, and they had like nice. stacks of books everywhere, and yeah. oh, it was crazy. But so, yeah, I didn't play the demo, so I had no prior um, prior assumptions. 
Yeah, so I think for me, um, I think because the demo is is where it goes to later in the game, and that, and I was expecting that all the way through, and, and it might just be me, but I've talked to a couple of other people who had a similar sort of feeling that, uh, I don't want to say any spoilers, but it, it gets to a certain point where I felt like it really ramped and then started progressing into this spiraling dark story, which I really, really enjoyed. Ooh, I definitely need to get back into this. See, I've only yeah. played the demo. I've not actually played the game, so I need to pick right. this up and, and give it a fair shot because it really Ooh. is up my my street. Oh, it's brilliant! It's brilliant. Oh, it's, it, it the the first two hours that I've played are just phenomenal. So if if that's the bad half of the game, <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> I, wouldn't say it's bad. I wouldn't say it's bad, but for me, after that, it gets just like mind blowingly good. Okay. Anything else? Yeah. Well, um, actually, same as uh, Ross. Really, I've been trying to get back into. Well, not get back into because I think you play it all the time, Ross. But I've been trying to get back into Rocket League because I think it's probably my favourite multiplayer game ever. <laughs> Just for Yay! some reason. <laughs> oh wow! We've got we've got spirit animals in the house. <laughs> Uh, just been uh, been off it a little bit just through work and trying to try new things instead of play the same stuff. But yeah, I just felt like it was time to get back there for a little bit. Why don't we move on and find out what's been happening in the subreddit this week? You're listening to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast. This week in the subreddit. So, first story. Uh, of course, build was this week, the Microsoft conference, uh, and Reddit user IPiece108 has came across with a story about full keyboard support coming for Xbox One, and that will follow mouse support. So guys, are you excited to have keyboard and mouse on a console? In a word, no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's good. Options are good, but am I personally excited? No. I mean, I I could just I could just use keyboard and mouse on my PC. Right, okay. Uh, I mean, like, so for, for me, my console is sitting in this in the lounge room. The last thing I could imagine being enjoyable is, nest, like, nestling a, a keyboard on my lap and, and using a mouse, like, on the edge of the sofa or something. That w- That's not fun. Right, but what about City Skylines with a mouse? City Skylines with a mouse would be... Uh, it, it's made for a mouse, obviously. But I still wouldn't be playing that on my on my xbox i would probably be playing that on my computer if i was going to use a mouse that's not what i expected i thought you'd be right for this as a sort i I don't think it's a bad thing but uh but it's it's not what i use uh, consoles for yeah fair enough fair enough ben what's your thoughts on these items for a console yeah i think i'm kind of in the same boat really because um if someone said to me do you want to have it i'd say yeah like if i can just if that can work that sounds great but doesn't feel super exciting like it feels much more necessary to be able to use a console controller on a pc than a pc peripheral on a console to me if that makes sense yeah no, no does, absolutely yeah. like i have a friend who has a a setup where he has um like a really good pc a really good gaming pc and he has that hooked up to his tv like a monitor mm. and uh he uses a controller and a steam big picture to play yeah. basically everything except uh, first-person shooters, and when he plays those, he just has like he plays on his monitor, mm. or yeah. he'll use a controller on the TV. I mean, it's the, the a keyboard and mouse is like fundamentally more accurate. That's that's mm. obvious. And some games, like for example, City Skylines or Civilization, my favorite game on PC, 
you 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 basically you need the mouse. Anything else is just a workaround. But but when you when you're playing a game on this in in your lounge room on your TV with a bunch of friends, like if you were for example playing this this weird indie game called Black and White Bushido, uh, then then you know it's the, the keyboard and mouse doesn't really fit anywhere. Yeah, I sort of feel like uh, like what you say there. There's the sort of geography is quite an important factor, isn't it? Because I think mm. most people have their PCs in a study or a separate room, and and the consoles in the living room and uh, in front of the sofa, in general. And and I, I'm just trying to think like if I wanted to play something on my console, like where would the keyboard and mouse be? Like would the keyboard be on my lap and the mouse be on the side? On the yeah. side? feels goofy. Maybe if you bought a TV tray. Like like for <laughs> eating TV dinners, like yeah, <laughs> that could work. Yeah. Wait, I'm I'm in the opposite. Are you excited? Side. You're you're excited then? I'm yeah. Like I'm trying to look at it from a different perspective, and I'm trying to look at it and say, oh, you know, a, a dev is sitting there looking at their game and thinking, oh, I'd like to put this to console, but it doesn't play great in a controller. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, if they've got yeah. the keyboard support there. Then... But, but here's the thing, Ross. Here's the thing. Yeah. Just sort of jump in the middle. He still has to make it work for the controller. He still has to make it work, yeah. And it can be doable, but, you know, if it works better on the keyboard, like, I don't think it should be allowed for first-person shooters. Like, you know, having a peripheral that can increase someone's ability, essentially, if you want to say, I don't think it should be allowed, but if it's stuck to certain games, which I don't know if they can do that, then I'm all for it. As you I, said, I if it allows Civ to come to console, I'm uh, all for it. Please. <laughs> yeah. I, give me a sequel to Civ Rev. Come on, guys. Uh, do you not like money? <laughs> but, um, but I think, uh, it does pose a bit of a problem, uh, with competitive shooters. Um, I, I would definitely think that, like, if you have a competitive playlist, it would need to be keyboard and mouse only or controller only. Uh, otherwise, the, the playing field is not level. What about the um like the the pro controllers for the Xbox and stuff? Do you do you think they they fall into the same category? Elites? almost. Yes. I can't almost. not use my elite when you've played Rocket League with an elite controller that you can boost using the paddle. Yeah, and, and jump with A. It totally changes the game for me. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not doing anything else that I can't do. But naturally, it just, it just feels right. So I mean, yeah, I think I became a better player as a result. So think of a shooter. You know, you can. There's a lot of stuff that you can't really do while jumping. Uh, but mm. if you have if you have jump mapped to one of the triggers plus a whole bunch of other stuff, and yeah, no, definitely. Uh, it's it's definitely it gives you an advantage. And you mm. can also adjust how fast the, the the triggers pull. Yeah, that's quite handy, actually. To be honest, yeah, <laughs> the dead zone. So- yeah, yeah. But, so that's that's actually also quite possible to give you an advantage. So yeah, I mean, where do, where do you draw the line? Yeah, and so how I do you? It's how do they implement it and, yeah. and what it supports is good. Like, I, I would love just a, a wireless keyboard plugged in, just for search functions, you know, and typing in stuff, and that would be great, you know. Yeah, that type. would be, that would be a big help. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, because I hate. There's one thing I hate in life, and that is typing in characters and letters into oh. a controller. And on on oh. the YouTube app, where it's just uh, A B C D, like lined up in a line, like without um, a keyboard. I just oh. use my phone for that now. 
I've got my yeah. phone hooked up. There's no chance I'm even attempting <laughs> that. But for uh, search functions and things, yeah, you know, you lie in front of your TV. It's a smaller, you know, keyboard essentially. Maybe with a little mouse trackpad on it. That would be perfect for me for the use yeah. that I need. So, yeah. And I mean, also, Xbox is a browser, so. Yeah, mm. exactly. Right. Well, next topic, Reese. Sure. Uh, the next topic is, see, see me stalling like a pro there while I quickly scroll down to it, uh, <laughs> is that Phil Spencer has been quoted by user Crisbs. Phil said, when specific game discussions turn from playing great games to which piece of plastic I own, I feel like we've all lost the plot a bit. And uh, as I said before, uh, Clay and I roughly touched on this last week and i believe ross you wanted to get your two uh pence yeah, my two cents no no it's it's pence for you guys right yeah for the moment <laughs> wait for three years i heard your topic and your discussion about it last week and i think it's quite good to see the head of our, our company coming out and, and saying that you know the piece of plastic we shouldn't be fighting over it and it's all about the games but let's face it fanboyism is great commercially. Well, absolutely. I mean, right. that, that's why they encourage it. Same yeah, with well, supporting your sport. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, in the city I live in, there's two football teams, okay? They're totally soccer teams for you, American. And they are totally like divided. That it should be legal in, in the UK, having two <laughs> football teams in one town. That's like a recipe for riots. Well, yeah. yeah. And they both have ties to different religions. Oh, God. Yeah. Italy. So, and countries, <laughs> and countries like, you know, it goes into the whole Ireland, but it's, it's Rangers and Celtic I'm talking about. So you've got these, this one city with two teams with two different sets of supporters. And the most commercially amazing time for the year is when Rangers and Celtic play against each other. Or, you know, there's something that one fans have got over the other set of fans. Now, the clubs, of course, are totally against everything here, but they, secretly want all this to go on because commercially and for the status of the club it's amazing you know they wouldn't be getting their TV money they wouldn't be getting anything else and this whole console war in my mind is the same behind the scenes everyone's rubbing their hands and going oh wow I love the fact that people are really going that we've got native 4k and this console doesn't and and everything else whereas sometimes looking from the outside I just think, I'm like, what is going on? I love my Xbox. I also want a PS4. I do an Xbox podcast, not a PS4 podcast. And it is about loving gaming. And I, I just, for a head of a company to come out and have to sort of say that when I'm thinking, is this really true? Is this what Microsoft are thinking? I don't know. Well, I mean, the the context was that that I believe actually Phil uh, congratulated. It might have even been the guys who made Little Nightmares. Yeah. He he, he congratulated a developer, I, I, I think it was Little Nightmares, uh, on their release. And it was a multi-plat, not just for the Xbox One, but also for the PS4 and I think Steam as well. And a whole bunch of fanboys uh, attacked him for for why are you praising a game that's not exclusive and, and, and stuff like that. And that's why he responded, because he was just trying to talk about a video game and everyone else went berserk about, but it's not it's it's not an exclusive. Mm. So there is some context there. Mm. 
Ben, I'm going to ask you something here. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so what, what's your thoughts on the console war? Oh, as a developer? As a developer? Well, yeah, it's, it's actually an interesting one, Ross, and it factors into quite a lot of different stuff uh, as a developer. I'll, I'll go first as a, as, a, as, a, as a player, if that's all right, and I'll move on to the developer thing. Yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, allow it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, no. So basically, I find it really interesting because I'm like basically I'm 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 a big nerd in lots of directions. I love games. I love comics. I love toys, movies, the stuff that everyone like is allowed to like now. And when I was growing up, you weren't allowed to like. But anyway, the the thing that I find that is a shame is that I'm on lots of groups for all those different kinds of things. And at a surface level, you think, oh, great, we found a like-minded group of people who all love comic books. And then you go into that, and as soon as you scratch the surface, you've got people saying, DC's better, Marvel's better, no, Image is better, because those two are too mainstream. No, I only read indie comics. That's yeah, All those ones are rubbish. And with computer games, you've got the same thing where you've got people saying, you know, arguing over Xbox, PS4, uh, mobile gamers aren't real gamers, they don't know what games are. And I think it's a shame, really, because I think, really, wouldn't it just be nice to, like, all have a chat about a common interest? Uh, but as a, as a, yeah, as a developer, actually it is, it does play, uh, it does play in, in a big way because, so we've got, you know, dev kits for both, but actually leading up to launch, you had to be sure to, uh, to really synchronize that stuff because if you launched on the PlayStation first, then Xbox would not be particularly interested in assisting you and if vice versa if you launched on xbox first playstation and, and it makes sense i understand that playstation don't want to start promoting a game that is clearly not exclusive to them because it didn't even come out at the same time mm-hmm. but then actually getting them both through the process and uh, passing certification on both at the same time is pretty hard so you've sort of got a choice to make where you're going to go do i put all my eggs in one basket hope this is a console that this is sits better on aim for that one really buddy up with them and then realize I'm going to take a hit on the other one? Or do you go, right, I'm going to kill myself and try and do both at the same time, and um, I'm here almost dead because we went for the second. <laughs> well, actually, we you know, we had someone who had the, the exact same opinion, um, and it was uh, Alex from Three Fields. Yeah. And uh, do you know Alex? I don't know. Okay, well, for you and those who oh, don't man. know him, he's uh, the ex, uh, ex-CEO of uh, Criterion, uh, one of the founding fathers of the Burnout series, and he's a he's a very very funny guy. And they released a game on all systems at once: Xbox, PS4, and Steam, and and that was Dangerous Golf. And okay. he he also basically said the same thing as you: it was hell to get all three synced up, and it cost them a fortune. Yeah. And for their their next game. He's just come out and said, like, you know, sorry, guys, we can't afford it. We, we don't have the time. To, we're not going to kill ourselves like that again. It's coming out on PS4 first, mm. and it'll come out on the Xbox three, Xbox One later. And that's that. And the fanboys went berserk. Like, I'm never supporting these guys. How dare they say that about this console? And he's like, we, we there's four of us. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's not it's not because you're trying to snub one or anything like that. Yeah. It's just down to time, money, whatever these skills you have that might correlate with one more than the other. You know, it's yeah, it's tough. Uh, what is it that um, Gearbox has a, a famous excuse? I think it's Gearbox. They say whenever like whenever there's a delay or whatever, they just say because making games is hard. 
Yeah. 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 Mm. <laughs> it is. So, next topic, Ross. Yeah. Um, so, we've already started by the time this podcast released, but Reddit user Spitfire Spudnik, Spudnik, um, has confirmed that there's going to be a backwards compatible Super Sale, Super Sale? Backwards compatible Super Sale, which has already started, with actually 75% off on over 275 titles. So, Ben, I'm going to start with you. What title would you like to see on from the 360 on your Xbox One in the sale? Oh, gosh. Um, 360 on the Xbox One. Ah, right. I'm going to say it, and, you know, you might just think, what a wasted vote. <laughs> but I absolutely loved uh, Far Cry Blood Dragon. It's, oh, that's not a wasted vote. Okay, good. That's that's one of the greatest games ever made. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Okay, I've, yeah. I've 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 mentioned it to people with uh, varying uh, varying results, but oh, I'm pleased that you say everything about that game is perfect. That Michael Bean doing a Michael Bean impersonation. But the the last bit where you walked up the rainbow steps and there was a triceratops of lasers that you could fire. As it was yeah. happening, my brain couldn't process what was actually <laughs> I sort of knew something outrageous was happening but couldn't fully understand what was going on. And it, it was it was it was a cyborg triceratops that was speaking to you. I can't remember yeah. what it was saying, but it was like yeah. I think it was making quips. Riding me. <laughs> It was yeah that was that was a perfect ending to a perfect game. Anyone who is at least slightly interested in like that sort of uh, retro uh 80s sort of aesthetic like very uh very uh, GI Joe yeah almost um but with like a sort of adult edge a very tongue in cheek uh it's it's great and it has an awesome uh soundtrack. Ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was at one point. Yeah, it was oh, at it? one point I'm sure as well, yeah. Um, so that one, that's an even belter, but if you haven't, like, I, I've only played a fraction of it. I now really want to get to the end after that oh, description, no, you but do. you have to get to the <laughs> right end. Yeah. You never had gold at that point, make sure you, if it's in the sale that you pick it up. Um, Reese? Uh, for me, that's easy. Uh, that's Civ Rev. I mentioned it a few minutes ago. Uh, my girlfriend has been at me to, to buy it. So I've been trying to find a, a copy physically, like in, in a used, used bargain bin. And I asked the guys at GameStop when I was there to pick up Prey, and they're like, no, everyone's been coming in here asking for that. Like, we can never keep a copy of that game around. And I was like, oh, ugh. So, yeah, give it to me digitally, nice and cheap, and I'll take that. I love the supply and demand of backwards compatibility. Like, you go into some retailers and a game that was £4 the previous week is suddenly £25. <laughs> like, yeah. I know that's a way commercialism works and supply and demand but it's a bit of a kick in the nuts isn't that yeah. <laughs> like um, for me I I never played COD World at War oh right okay really yeah I never you're, played it you're one of those people <laughs> I was over no, I'm, COD I'm, I'm joking I haven't played either yeah like I, I do want to play it because I hear it's a very good campaign and do I you, quite fancy do, it do you like COD in general Ross I not really, no. If I'm perfectly honest, every year I end up playing through the campaign. Yeah. I don't even try the multiplayer, if I'm <laughs> honest. Like, I play through the campaign. Sometimes it's split screen, so I can do it with my wife. Um, and actually, Infinite Warfare was quite a good campaign. I'm not mm. going to lie. It was one yeah. of the better ones, yeah. What, what about zombies? 
I, I used to like zombies back in the 360 days, and I've seen some DLC recently that uh, looked very, very good for that. But yeah, that 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 appeals to me. I love the zombies, but I only ever play it in split screen with, with with my girlfriend, and it's not balanced for two players, so it's actually a really awful experience because <laughs> you just get wrecked. Right. Like just when you're starting to have fun, the game's like, all right, fun's over. Here comes the ass whooping. <laughs> Just get good. Just get good. Yeah, okay. Anything <laughs> uh, else that people are like, really looking forward to picking up? I think they'll do some announcements of some new games to go with this, like some big ones. Possibly. They've almost got the entire library now. I know. 275 titles. I thought there's over 300 now. Is there? Well, the yeah. sale's 275, so that's Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Going, but... Oh, 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 oh. Backwards compatible games, it's going to be too late by the time this goes out, but today that we're recording is the last day anyone can buy Alan Wake. Oh, what, what do you mean? They're not, what it's you mean? gone. It's being taken away. Oh. Like you, you won't be able to download it. You won't be able to buy it. It's being – because – uh, basically, uh, for those who don't know, and, and for you, obviously, because I can see you're, you're in shock, Alan Wake featured amazing soundtrack with a whole bunch of licensed pop music. The ending credits were, were David Bowie, for example, and uh, there's this, this amazing soundtrack. And basically, a few of those music licenses have expired, and they don't, they don't want to renew them. Ah. Uh, so the music industry is taking Alan Wake away from you. Like, I'm sure right now, in st- or you know, when we're they, recording they, this in Steam, it's two pounds ninety for the entire Alan Wake series. In yeah, Steam. they they discounted <laughs> it to basically nothing. So if you didn't get it, the only way to play it now is if you pick up a physical copy. Well, I've so, got uh, one of them, so hopefully uh, when this goes out, and if anyone's listening, I'll sell it to you for 150 quid. So <laughs> <laughs> I actually have the. Uh, the really awesome, like, super ultra collector's edition, uh, and I got that signed. Oh, wow. Yeah. What do you guys think of that in terms of um, something like that, where you, you make get they made a game and it really improved it by having those licenses, but it puts a potential time limit on it. Do you think it was worth it, or do you think they should have gone with something that meant the game could just be around naturally forever? Worth it. I think it's worth it. The, the Honestly, sound added so much to that game. The music added so oh, much. Yeah, I mean, there's there's one point in the game. Uh, it's it's mild spoiler, but the game is you know 600 years old now, guys. So you know, <laughs> not my fault here. Uh, but there's one point in the game where you actually get up on a stage. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. The the you set off all the fireworks to yeah. draw the the zombie people to you, and the music starts playing, and basically you have this shootout on a stage to. I think it's a Poets of the Fall song. Um, as I saw this rock song, um, uh, with the, you know, with the shotgun and monsters and loud music and fireworks. It's epic. It's stupid, but it's epic. The stage as well is done out. There's like a huge, uh, like demon character or a dragon or something as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Did you play the DLCs? Yeah, American Nightmare. No, no, no. Not American Nightmare. I mean, the actual two story DLCs that finish the story. Yes. Yeah, good. Because if you, if you haven't played did. those and you haven't actually seen the ending. Yeah, I, I have seen the ending. I haven't played them. <laughs> oh, on, yeah, YouTube, right. Yeah, that's a thing that exists. No, <laughs> we, we, we've all been there before. No, but yeah, yeah, so that's that's sad. Yep. Press X to pay respects for Alan Wake. Next story, Reese. So, Ross, the next story is 
was rather posted by user lack of focus. They got nice easy names today. It's good, good, good day for names. Uh, our old buddy Jez Gordon from Windows Central posted that the Scorpio XDK front panel. I had to be careful when I read that. Does way more than just show the FPS count. It's fully programmable. You can watch dolphins on the screen, etc. Really cool stuff. And a lot of people and a lot of devs chimed in and said that the Scorpios dev kit is amazing. And everyone was talking about that. It's, it's, it's cool, right? Yeah, like, totally unexpected. Usually with these development kits, if anyone's have seen them, they don't have that much on them. They're like bricks. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually quite a sleek design. It's really, really cool, the fact that it can be programmed and you can have images on there or programmable so that they can have something in relation to the game on there. Is this something that we're going to see from the Scorpio? It'd be nice. So, you know, some some other screen, a sort of slightly second screen experience of some sort? Nintendo tried that with the Wii U. That was a literal second screen, though, when something on the console saying the name of the game or how long you've been playing or or something like that sounds quite good to me. You know, it doesn't have to be overly complex. It can be quite simple. But maybe they'll do something like, you know, like a kind of equalizer thing where you can set it to something you like, like the Knight Rider car beam going back and forth or something like that. Yeah, so we know what, we know what be Ben's cool. going to do. In yeah. SDK. <laughs> I, I like how, <laughs> how that was really like specific. Like you'd, you'd, you'd pre-thought of that. <laughs> See, the thing about this is though, um, if you guys, well, I know you might remember Ross, uh, the, the the subreddit a long time back, and the whole internet was all a flutter because you know the Xbox One is supposed to be an all-in-one sort of media center. Yeah. So people watch movies on it, and the the glowing light. The Xbox logo was like the glare of a thousand suns, <laughs> and they they actually had to release a firmware update to dim it when you're when you're watching a film. So yeah. th- th- they would need to make sure they didn't make the same mistake again. No, oh, if it's programmable to do your own, you can yeah, just do yeah, it yourself. No. So exactly, yeah. Um, well, you, yeah, but still, that's cool, right? Yeah, I, I just it was a little thing that I seen this week that I thought looked really, really cool. Yeah. So. And ben, something I ben, didn't you're know excited that I wanted. For Scorpio, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, we um sounds quite fun actually because we we've, we've got an Xbox dev kit and a PlayStation one too. Um, but yeah, something that I wish we had that. So we can have a look at it. <laughs> okay. Well, I think this is a good time to move on to our interview since our guest is already here, Reese. That, that's actually pretty convenient. Yeah. <laughs> Xbox Snap. This week's interview. I'm starting so, nervous now. I was enjoying it before talking about Alan. <laughs> <laughs> right, so he's joined us the whole episode, but Bushido Ben from Good Catch Games is joining us to talk about this week's release, Bushido Black and White. Or is it Black and White Bushido? Black it's and Bushido Black, it's Black and White ben, Bushido. Is, is Bushido your actual first name? <laughs> no, I wish it was. Bushido means the way of the samurai in Japanese. And what you should take, guys, from the title back, Black and White Bushido, is that there are very, very few copyrightable titles left. 
Um, did I give you the name Bushido Ben at EGX? You did, yeah, you did. Now I really like it. Sounds. Cool. <laughs> it's just so I could remember who you were. <laughs> um, this is the second time you've actually been on the podcast because you were on our EGX mini ah. episode that I recorded back in September, and we said we'd get you on. So thank you so much for coming back to talk no, about it's the game. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, welcome. Us? What's a more of you there? I'm representing Team Black and White Machine. Oh, oh right. I was like, right, yeah. <laughs> Ben's split personality, like Team Shadow and Team Light, is going yeah, to come I, out for. I this. watched Split the other week. Okay, don't don't mess with me. <laughs> right. Well, welcome, Ben. Now, can you tell us a little bit about Good Catch Games and what you actually do there? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm the head of creative for Good Catch Games. Um, we're a new games company based in um, West London. And uh, Black and White Bushido is our first console game. We've got a few of the mobile games in development and a couple that are released. Um, but yeah, Bushido is our first console game and we really want to make more of them. So, you know, fingers crossed that people like it. It's been in, um, it's been in development for, um, around two years now, actually. It's been quite a long time. Um, but as, as you said earlier, Reese, it turns out making games is really hard. So yeah, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> That's that's uh, that's great. You know, uh, congratulations on, on on this week's release. Uh, and, and you know, f- for those who actually aren't in the know, because you know, Ross and I have played it, and I presume you may have seen it in motion more than once or twice. What is Black and White Bushido? Okay, so Black and White Bushido is an arena brawler game with stealth elements. So you play as Team Light or Team Shadow. If you're Team Light, uh, the screen is divided into black and white, I should say. If you're on Team Light, you can become invisible in the white areas. If you're on Team Shadow, you can become invisible in the black areas. The slower you move, the less visible you are. If you stand still, you become completely invisible. But the faster you move on both sides, you become grey. So the options you have as a as a player are to move as fast as possible, completely visible, charge around, brawling, or to stealth, creep, teleport between areas of the uh of the level and play the slow game of hoping someone wanders into your into your area and then like jumping out of the shadows and killing them basically yeah well what i really like about the game actually is you included the ability to play mind games you can actually taunt yeah Uh, that that was that was used vigorously (laughs) during my gaming session yeah (laughs) um, it's 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 a poison chalice because uh if you taunt, you can some, sometimes when you first start playing the game, it's hard to keep track of where you are to yourself. So you can all obviously show yourself where you are, but that also shows your opponents where you are. But after playing for a while, it becomes a lot easier to figure out where you are. So we, we included it as a taunt, as a kind of like, you know, just a little, a little cheeky reveal. Here I am, come and get me kind of thing. You mentioned about the light and shadow concept. Mm. So how did that actually come about? Um, so we love, party games and that's what we like playing most in the office you know we play the nidhogs the the prop hunts the uh, samurai guns all those kind of things and we really wanted to make one and we didn't we didn't want to it was our first console game we didn't want to reinvent the wheel we just wanted to put a little bit of a twist on it and one thing that we thought is these games tend to be very fast paced uh, with lots of action and we hadn't seen an example of one of these that had a stealth element to it and we thought that that might be a nice interesting thing to add which wouldn't mean that we were trying to completely reinvent the genre we didn't want to do that we just wanted to add a little something different so if you like those kind of games you don't feel like you're doubling up by buying this one so did you do a lot of research with like bomberman and idarb and 
all the other sort of single screen competitive games then yeah absolutely um we wanted it to be single screen and the the black the, the black and white thing and the invisible invisibility thing presented a couple of issues with that but yeah like you say we just sort of um they're all sort of games that we like dip in and out of anyway and had a fairly uh fairly fairly big big deeper knowledge of that genre so we um yeah we did a bit we we looked into it a bit more in detail and um yeah uh came up with what we hope is a is a, a little a compelling gameplay mechanic while also staying in a familiar territory it's it's definitely fun when you when you play it uh, locally but i actually wanted to ask you uh about the inspiration for the, the art style. Well, why ninjas? And, 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 I mean, ninjas are cool, obviously. Did you guys consider other arts, like themes, or, or did yeah. you decide ninjas first? Well, okay, so we had the black and white thing, which we liked the idea of. And, um, it's a good question, actually, because it was, it's something I'm, I think we made the right choice. And I'll, I'll sort of talk you through how we got there. But, um, basically, we had the black and white thing. And the obvious thing was ninjas. Because, like you said, ninjas are cool, obviously. So, obviously. Kind of like you know, people like ninjas. And then we sort of thought, is this just kind of route one? Does it feel a bit familiar? So, we then moved on to other things. We did like we did a, a, a version where it was kind of spies, and it was you were sneaking around with briefcase bombs and stuff. But then, like spy versus spy. Yeah, exactly like that. Yes, yes, very much like it, exactly like that kind of feeling. But the um, the thing with it was, it felt like the worlds that, that lended itself to felt less inspiring because it always felt like kind of cities and office blocks and um and stuff like that and also having spies double backflip and jump through the level and stuff just felt sort of a bit off so we moved away from that that felt like it was too heavy on the stealth element and we wanted the stealth element to be 25 percent and 75 percent to be the sort of speed and action and then we moved on to we did a mock-up of like um the, the because you can't see the characters in the silhouettes in the game you, they're just kind of blobs of color, white or black in the shape of a character we moved on to kind of like more random so like they had ears and tails and they were almost like a bit more alien but animalish so you, you weren't quite sure what they were but the thing with that was although it was quite fun it felt like because the game concept is already a bit abstract the first time you play it it felt like it removed it even more because then you had to set it in a more abstract world which then meant when you sat down to it, you were just a bit like, <laughs> "What is this?" You know that that, that makes a lot of sense because because when yeah. we first played the game, uh, it was like, "Okay, ninjas, let's go!" So we just ran around and started slashing the, the crap out of everything that moved. And then it wasn't until after a, a little while of of actually playing the game, you sort of slow down and realize, "Wait, I can do more than than slice people in the face." Yes, and it felt like as well as being a kind of cool style, ninjas are very familiar in the sense of like swords, shurikens, but then also sneaking around, hiding, all that kind of stuff. And and to answer your other question, actually, the point, I, I totally agree with you. The game is designed as a uh, primarily as a four-player local game. Um, that is where it comes alive. Playing it, we think we've made quite a compelling one-player mode now, but it is certainly designed first and foremost as four mates with some beers sitting on a sofa and playing together. Um, I, I agree with you about uh, about that about um, those kind of party games being nowhere near as fun when it's a, a solo play. Oh yeah. Now the game has got two main multiplayer modes: like capture the flag and deathmatch. Yeah. Other than the obvious, what what's the differences between the two? Right. So deathmatch is um, as you'd expect. Basically, you pick two teams. You can set the teams up how you want. You can have two versus two, three versus one. 
uh, or one versus one indeed. And basically you set, set the teams up and then set the kills to as many as you want and then just go and whoever gets to the kills first wins. So that's just, just attack. Uh, with capture the flag, we wanted to put a slightly different game mode in there. And that actually it's my, I prefer this one. I think it, it leads to more strategy. But what happens is flags randomly appear around the map and you have to go and stand on them. And if you hold down, uh, hold down the flag cap button, what happens is the flag fills up with your team's colour. And when it fills to the top, more of the screen turns into your team's colour, which gives you a tactical advantage because there's more places to hide. If you fill the whole screen up with your colour, you get one more, and then you win. But uh, there's a couple of interesting strategy bits that come out because one of the techniques is if you both cap, if you double cap, it goes double speed, so that you can both stand on it and cap. But while you're capturing, you can't defend or attack, so you're completely vulnerable. So actually the better strategy is to have one of you capturing and the other one trying to protect and that actually leads to some really fun clutch gameplay moments where you've got one person screaming, protect me, protect me, and you've got two other people converging on the point with the one person left trying to sort of angry B-mode back and forth past his teammate to keep him alive. <laughs> that sounds great. I definitely have to try that mode out. Basically, once a month, at least, I, I have a bunch of friends come over and we play local multiplayer. So normally, oh, you know, our our jam is, uh, you know, obviously Mario Party, but, you know, um, Worms and, oh, yeah. and 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 Rocket League and, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. And I, I, I can really see uh, this game being added to the roster. Well, that's high praise. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm being honest here. It's, it, it's great. It, it's, it's, I mean, let, let's, let's be honest. It's not, uh, not exactly an intellectual tour de force. And we, we, but, but I think we, with four, as you say, four you mates having, plus having, beers, you know, plus pizza, plus it, 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 it'll just be a howling good time. Right. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to know how you get in. And when you mention the intellectual tour de force, there is actually a hidden level, which is just um, algebra and mathematics puzzles. So there's oh. that there as well. <laughs> well, that's good. It's sort. It's got something for everyone then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> may or may not be true. So wait, um, earlier, uh, speaking about all this something for everyone, you very, very secretly mentioned or subtly mentioned single player. Tell me more. Oh, okay. So that was one of the things we actually wanted to put in. Uh, we always wanted to do it, but... We basically we soft launched this game about a year ago on Steam, and we had a really great response, and people were very supportive. And although we've missed our deadlines repeatedly, people have stayed supportive, and we felt it was important to uh, when we're bringing it to the console players, we wanted to give them a more rounded game, and we also wanted to give the people who have been supportive through that journey uh, an upgrade uh, as well. Um, so we went back to the single player, which was very much kind of just a, a bolted on thing that you could sort of do as well. And yeah, that's why I, I went straight past it to the multiplayer. Yeah, exactly. And we, and we actually went into it and we tried to make something that was an experience that could be something that you'd want to play. So it wasn't just that you can do it with bots or whatever. Um, so basically the, the, the single player is more of a challenge mode. And what happens is, um, an AI spawns every 30 seconds. And if you kill one, the next time two will spawn. And if you kill another one, the next time three will spawn. They spawn, even if you wipe out four at once, the next time five will spawn. They just keep stacking and stacking and stacking. Flags appear around the level. You have to run around and capture them. When you get one flag, that equals one point. Uh, if you're in your color, the AI, if you're still, they'll leave you alone. If you're outside your color or you're moving too fast, they'll chase you. Otherwise, they'll try and cap the flags themselves. 
But down the left-hand side of the screen, you're also served three challenges. For example, kill someone with a shuriken, kill someone with a downward dash, stay still for 10 seconds. If you complete those three challenges, it wipes the screen and kills all the AI, and they start spawning from one again. So basically, what you've got to do, it's a real tour de force in terms of concentration because you've got to try and complete these challenges while at the same time racking up your points because the way the ai spawns is it just gets out of control really quick and we made it purposefully absolutely rock hard it <laughs> <laughs> is rock hard one of those old school like survival modes like a survival yeah. as long as you can that's it it's more like a wave thing and what we did yeah. what we wanted to do is say that with this, you're not just playing an AI version. If you get good at this, you will genuinely be lots better at the game against real humans. Whenever we take it to conventions, we say to people, if they haven't played it before, we say, if you can get a score of 10 on any level, you know, it's a pretty low number, then we'll give you the game for free. And so far, one German kid did it, and that's it. Oh, wow. That's... Now, you are wondering, you, you've talked about the couch playing, drinking beer, playing with your friends. Yes. But you've taken the decision to launch with not only local, but online gaming at the same time. <laughs> what challenges have you needed to overcome to include online with such a small team that you have? Well, I'd be absolutely upfront with this. Online has been an utter, utter nightmare. <laughs> Just from start to finish. Um, basically, that sounds familiar. <laughs> It's interesting because we keep doing these conventions and seeing the same guys with some really, really awesome games and saying, like, how's your, like, you know, up till six months ago, it's like, how's your online? Oh, it's hell, don't talk about it. How's yours? Yeah, it's hell, don't talk about it. <laughs> and all the guys we have in here, how's the developing the, intro, the, the multiplayer? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it, it, basically, we, so yeah, like I say, we, we launched it on Steam, did the soft launch on Steam. And um, the thing that everybody said was you need it needs to be online. And when we launched, a lot of the the, the things we were benchmarking against weren't. Um, so we thought, oh, it's okay. But everybody just across the board said we, we want it online. So we thought, well, we've got to give them that. And I'll be honest with you, we made the game from start to finish to soft launch in about six months. And to get the online functionality in has taken about a year, another year and a half. So, Ooh. yeah, it's been... It's been an absolute beast, basically, and I can see why other other games uh, don't do it. But part of it was our fault because we built it in the beginning not thinking we were going to do that, so there was a lot to go back and undo and regression bugs and all the rest of it. It's been very hard. Uh, like, like we said before, you know, making games is, is hard. Who knew? <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, Micah said that as well, didn't he? The, yeah, yeah, he, he was did. on about I, I darb like yeah. the, essentially they made the code and it was quite hacky, <laughs> and yeah. to actually get it solid for online and getting through certification is just such a hard job. So it's got to commend you a bit with sticking with it because a lot of people would have bailed eighteen months ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think. I can see why they do. But what what do you two think? It'd be interesting to hear your opinion. Like, if a game like that, if you saw it on the store and it was local only, would that really put you off? Or would you think, oh, that'll be one I'll get to play when the mate's around or whatever? How would you feel about those kind of things? Well, I can I can jump in first because my answer is easy in that I don't... Uh, for me, a game that's, like, local 
is an advantage always because I have a, a girlfriend who I live with and she is like a hardcore gamer just like me. So any game that we can play together is instantly better than one we can't. And because I have these very frequent uh, get togethers in my place with these guys who are also gamers, uh, these, these four player games that are local, I'm just like, yes, sign me up. Right. Uh, so, so basically for me, the online, you probably don't want to hear this, but for me, the <laughs> online doesn't make a difference at all. Cool. Whereas I'm the opposite. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm yeah. That's why I jumped opposite. in first. Yeah. Like for me with a kid, I don't really have friends over for beers to play games. Mm. Yeah. But kid, you know, you're, you're not allowed friends at all, Ross. <laughs> no, my wife doesn't let me have friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I need to play online to get the, the full experience of a game mm. um so you know I, I can't wait for the release date until the servers are populated and i can go on and enjoy this game with with people that are experiencing it for the first time mm. and you know that that's a real highlight for me i have overlooked games in the past because of local only mm. thinking he has actually well, my wife doesn't like it yeah it on the pod yeah, I have. Yeah, well, I have complained about it. And it's just because the way I game, there's different gamers. We're all going to do things differently. But, you know, without the online, it probably wouldn't have the, the longevity for me. No, that's really I'm totally honest. I can, I can make you feel a bit better, Ben, in that, uh, because, you know, I, I actually moderate the Xbox One sub. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the biggest complaint that, and the biggest, most frequently asked question whenever, uh, someone from the ID at Xbox uh, team releases, or not on the team, but someone who releases a game through the ID at Xbox program, everyone's like, wow, this looks really fun. Does it have online? Right. And okay. if it doesn't, oh, I can't, this game needs online. Can't believe it doesn't have online. And, you know, if, if the dev is actually on the subreddit and answers something like, yeah, but, you know, that's really expensive. The subreddit, the subreddit will turn on them like mad. They, well, they, they I like online. That because as a consumer, it's not your problem. Like I, th- I feel the same way about stuff. Like when stuff yeah. doesn't work or it's not got the functionality I want, I don't care if it's expensive. Like if I'm expected to pay for it, I want it to have all the bits. So I don't blame people for that. You've decided to release on multiple platforms all on the same day. Can I just ask, how much of a death wish do you actually have? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Death at this point would be a sweet release, Ross, I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, we, we, we wanted to go, we, we didn't want to nail our colors to the post. We wanted to, we want to say, look, we love PlayStation. We love Xbox. It's more effort on our part. Sure. Like it's, it, it did take a lot of planning to make it, to make it happen. And obviously there's better times to launch on both of them, but we just thought, you know, it's our first one. We don't want to cut corners. It's a couple of extra sleepless nights, whatever. Got to do it really. So that's what we've gone for. And it looks like it's going to work out <laughs> as in we're going to hit those dates. That's, yeah. it's good. Yeah. You know, I've, I've actually, you know, you're a bit worried about, um, whether or not the game will, uh, will have any real, you know, positive buzz or whatever, but I, I've seen plenty of hype on, on Twitter and, uh, our, uh, our pal, Jordy Tommy, who has been on the podcast once oh, before. Yeah. Hi, Jordy. I know you're listening. He who does amazing art. He, he made you guys amazing looking, uh, uh graphics image. How, how does it feel to get that kind of, cool stuff coming coming from the community honestly i saw that first thing this morning and it was such a great start to the day because it's it's like this sounds cheesy right but it's honestly true you make these games because you want other people to enjoy them and then it gives you pleasure when you see them enjoying them that's why you do it like you don't do it because you think oh i hope this makes a million pounds or whatever you know you do it be nice 
Well, yeah, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> so good, but uh, where you've enjoyed playing other people's games, you try and hope in some way, in some small way, you can pass that on. And seeing that this morning was just like that somebody so talented had thought it would be worthwhile to sit down and make such a cool image. Like I immediately just sent it around the whole team and everyone was absolutely buzzing off it. My MD immediately wrote back, how much is this going to cost to get one made so we can box it? <laughs> Uh, Jordy's just amazing. There's a reason they call him the Xbox Pope. He's yeah, just, yeah. He, he, he giveth, but he do not take it away. <laughs> but yeah, all that stuff, um, all that stuff is brilliant. When we went to EGX this year, actually, um, on the on the banners outside, there was a load of different characters from different games. And Sam, uh, one of the guys from the team, was um, was saying, I think that's the, the samurai from Black and White Bushido. And we were going, why would it be? And he's like, it looks just like it. And we were saying, no, yeah, but it's the samurai, isn't it? They're in loads of games. He's like, it look, honestly, look at the face. And we're like, yeah. And I called my MD and said, oh, we've got this picture out here. Do you reckon? Uh... And he was like, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot to 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 mention. They called up and asked to <laughs> put it on, and it was. And stuff like that is just you you don't realise, but it is actually seeping into the consciousness through being at all these different events all over the place. That's when I, I first met you and first sort of fell in love with the game because I really enjoyed it and I played the EGX. And what was it, is it like actually going to one of these conferences for the first time and showing off your game? Is it never acting? It's just mental. It's just, I, I don't know. It's hard to explain because you've gone to those things as a, as a consumer and enjoyed them. And you don't, I don't know. I didn't really think that'd be an experience I'd have. And then, when you set it up, you're standing there and it's kind of first day of school. And it's like, hey, do you want to try my game? And people are sort of, <laughs> nah, I'm going to go and play for honor. And you're like, okay. And then, um, and then basically people try it and go, oh, that's really fun. And that's the first bit where you're like, that felt really good. That felt really nice. And then people, if the same people come back later in the day, which means they've chosen to play your game again, rather than try something new, that feels amazing amazing and i remember like you came over ross and we had a really nice chat and it was like it was really nice to have someone like yourself who's really experienced and the guys you're with play the game and then say that you enjoyed it i remember i was really overexcited and i was like oh did you like that do you want to try the capture the flag mode and you're like no i'm off for a beer now I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what was the accent was that, that was <laughs> it, 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 it sounds better than my impersonation of, of ross <laughs> i get impersonated too much on this podcast i'm, yeah. I'm moving on at least you guys don't try and do my accent. No, that's impossible. <laughs> now, I believe that good catch not only make great Xbox games, they also do mobile games. And yeah. you do have a Mr. Bean game, so please tell me that you got to meet Brown Atkinson. I haven't yet. I haven't. Um, we've oh. got, we've got a, we do have a Mr. Bean game, and uh, it's it's him, it's his voice in it, and he he recorded all those voice bits for the games and for the game, and did and did adverts for the game. But you know, he's a he's a national national treasure, and a lot of those things are done kind of remotely. Um, but. He he is apparently a lovely man. <laughs> That's what I can give you. <laughs> yeah, we're reaching the the end of the interview here. So, what's next for for Good Catch and, and for you? You guys got anything awesome coming up soon? Yes. So we've got a um, we've got another mobile game for a brand that you may know. It's called Simon's Cat. It's basically like um, a YouTube uh, British cartoon, and we've got an endless runner mobile game starring Simon's Cat in the works at the moment. 
Um, and we've got a couple of other things that we can't announce yet. But the big thing for us is, you know, how Black and White Bushido goes. Because we love party games and we want to make more of them. Oh, and please. Yeah, well, we're really hoping that we've we've got an idea that I absolutely love. It's another kind of thing, like it's a bit of a little twist on a sort of established formula, but I think it'd be such a fun game, and uh, I hope we get to make it. <laughs> you know, I, I have said many times to as many because I where uh, I'm I'm quite pally with Agostino from the oh yeah from mm-hmm. the ID at Xbox team. Agos a lovely guy, and he listens to Hi Ago. I know you're listening, um, and so I whenever whenever he introduces me to indie devs, basically I always ask them the same question like so when are you going to make a mario party clone yeah. like, I, I, it doesn't have to be inventive it doesn't have just just steal all the ideas please and and bring it to the xbox and i will i will give you actual money <laughs> do you not like money so so please keep keep making party games yes thank you yeah and thank you very much for you know honestly not just saying this but the support of things like this make it more possible because it's it's podcasts like this that make people we don't have loads of money to spend on marketing and things like this get it out there make people aware and they can judge themselves if they don't like it they won't buy it and that's fair enough but if they do and um you know it's podcasts like this that make people aware of something they might not have heard of and then if they do like it well they might get to have another so yeah, thank I mean, you very much call of duty does not need us <laughs> for marketing you know they've got 500 million dollar budget but yeah. but you guys need a little bit of help you know and and you guys are always a bit more fun a bit more genuine and so so we love indies here and and if if any other indie guy de- developers who are listening and you guys want some free advertising you're going to come on and, and and talk some crap about games you know just just talk to my secretary his name's ross and uh he will <laughs> <laughs> That, no. Yeah, yeah. You see that throwing shade like nobody's business. But uh, that's, that's not making the final cut. Oh, you know. <laughs> but no, seriously, we we love we love indies and we love you guys, and we're we're so happy to to be able to actually talk to you guys about this because you know, as you say, you know, you you make games because because you want people to enjoy them. And I'm not saying that guys who work for big games, big game companies, don't do that because I'm sure they do. But but like uh, an indie game, it's like normally a team of less than 10 people. So like, you know, your heart and soul is in every aspect of, of the. Absolutely. And I think with indies as well, um, there's with, with the AAA games, they make absolutely fantastic experiences. Don't get me wrong. I love AAA games, but they're obviously a bit more like you say, where they've got like those hundreds of million pound budgets. They need to make that money back. Whereas I think the good thing about indies is that they can take a few more risks in a few different directions. So there's one final question that, that we do ask all of our guests. Yeah. And it is quite serious, so I apologise in advance for this, but I do need to ask. If you could knock out one classic video game character with one punch, who would it be? Uh, the Duck Hunt Dog. Oh. I'm going to come down to your house and beat you up. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Ross. I, I don't know that this might go down badly based on the uh, podcast, uh, based on your group name. And, uh, you know, I love the game Duck Hunt, and that is why it burns so hard every time I'd miss and he'd pop up and just laugh in my face. We we had the guys from the Microsoft support team on here, and I think two of them, at least two of them, said the Duck Hunt dog as well. So you're not alone. Yes, you're not the first person. No, I always take great offence. He has that. he has destroyed many a, a childhood, my my own as well. 
he, <laughs> his laugh. I, I, I in fact, I, I knew a guy who had that uh, the sound of him laughing. Yeah. As SMS alert, <laughs> and I was like, "Hello, Satan! I didn't realize it was you." I mean, like, there's, a sec- I there's a secondary, there's a secondary character if that's too uh, familiar. Oh. Go for it. All right, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't knock it out. I would put it in my hands and just crush it. And that's Navi from Legend of Zelda. <laughs> hey, oh, wow! No, <laughs> no stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, Bushido Black and White is out now, and Black it's in the stores. Yeah, why I'm going to be streaming it quite a lot, I think, over the next few days. So, uh, you know, doubt if you want to see the gameplay, you can come and do that. But um, thank you so much for joining us again, Ben. Thanks so much for having me. It's been really fun. And I suppose that's the end of the podcast. So, Reese, do you want to take us out of here? Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's my turn. Xbox, turn off. You're listening to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast. The official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. Let's do this. You mentioned about the light and shadow concept. Mm. So how did that actually come about? Well, we 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 love we love uh like um oh, I've got mind blank. What's the name of the genre our game is? <laughs> Party <laughs> <laughs> game. Oh, that bit, Ross. <laughs> uh, no, that's staying. That's, staying. I, that's I, I'm, I'm going straight to straight to Kotaku with that. I, I don't mind. Yeah. I'm a real person. <laughs> I'll show that. 